Hey everybody, welcome to That Will Never Work. It's no secret that the pandemic has hammered small business owners, especially those with brick and mortar locations. But this week's guest, Angela McIver, wasn't gonna let her thriving math enrichment business close, even when her store had to. As a prime example of the power of the pivot, she's actually managed to more than double her customer base and take her Philadelphia local business national by moving it online. Trapezium Math now serves kids in 18 states. But all this potential for growth has her at a crossroads. Should she keep going slow and steady? Or is the time right to raise investment to help her scale at speed? And can she compete with the big franchise players like Mathnasium and Kumon? Well, that's what I'm here to help her figure out today. Hi, I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. Over the years, I've heard that will never work thousands of times, but I've learned there are things we all can do to increase the chances that they will. So join me for That Will Never Work. Angela, welcome to That Will Never Work. I'm actually pretty eager to talk with you because a gift came to me in the mail a few days ago, and I've been puzzling over this ever since. It is this giant box that says Trapezium Math Clubhouse. And I'm not sure whether it was meant for me. It says kindergarten to fifth grade. I don't know how you realized my level of mathematic ability, but nevertheless, I do want to learn more about this. Why don't you start us off by Tell us a little bit about what you're working on, um, how it's going, and then maybe you could lead into what it is you uh, want to talk about today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so Trapezium Math is dedicated to increasing the number of children who leave elementary school prepared to succeed in the most rigorous math programs in middle school and beyond. That's what we do. And prior to the pandemic, we were a hyper-local brick-and-mortar small business that did after-school math enrichment, summer camps. And we also had a consulting arm that worked with schools um, to do curriculum training and professional development. So we were adamantly technology-free. So if you were to come into our space, there were no tables and chairs. The club leaders and kids took their shoes off and put them in the cubbies and sat on the floor. All of our walls were whiteboard walls. And um, we dedicated our, our time to getting kids to do really hard math, but in really fun and engaging ways. So we had two big culminating events each year. One was a math magic show, which was a full length play that our kids put on and did really impressive mental math tricks, like telling the day of the week for any date on the calendar or just impressive calculations in their head. And then we also did a monster mathathon, which was hugely popular with our kids, which was fashioned after the amazing race. So pairs of kids with a parent chaperone would race around Philadelphia solving math problems to try to win the monster mathathon. We did that every year for almost 10 years. But we became a casualty of the pandemic and had to close our brick and mortar store in July of 2020. And the only thing that saved us really was PPP loans and idle loans. And my staff and I had to pivot and figure out what to do. And it was daunting because we were just decidedly technology free and we had to figure out how to embrace technology to continue doing math clubs. So what we 
came up with is the kit, which you have. We, we decided that if we were going to teach Math Club Online, the only technology children would need is a Zoom connection. And everything else they would do um, without a mouse, without clicking anything, they would do hands-on. And so we created this kit. And then we also moved all of our content online into a portal because by that point, our staff had like moved across the country. So we had a kit and a portal and we started doing Math Club online in um, the fall of 2021. We kind of did our pilot and then launched big in January. So we went from being hyper-local to having children from 18 states doing Math Club. And so give me a sense of the scale here. So yes, you have people in 18 states. Does that mean you have 19 students or 19,000 <laughs> students? No, somewhere in between there. We have now about 300 students in Math Club. And we have, you know, our revenue model is actually twofold. A big chunk of that actually is school district that purchase Math Club for 200 of their kids. So we have 100 kids in Math Club that parents have found us online and have purchased. And then we had a school district that said, we want you to do this for 200 of our elementary school children. So that is the scale uh, of what we have right now. So it sounds like things are going comfortably. What yeah. is it that you want to uh, want to chat about? So um, prior to the pandemic, when I had my business, I, I realized a long time ago that what I was doing was not sexy for investors, right? All I heard was make a computer-based program that is, you know, subscription-based that kids can do online. And I just, to my core, reject that. And now we have something that really has, we've been able to maintain our ethos, right? And yet it's scalable. And I'm really trying to think about ways that we can scale this. So I've gone through many different revenue models. And the one that I have settled on, I think is really the most um, promising in terms of revenue and, and scale. And that's similar to like the OutSchool model. I don't know if you're familiar with OutSchool it blew up during the pandemic. They were an online platform where teachers could, or anyone actually could create a class and parents look for classes and the kids do them online and they're just a ton of classes, right? You could do cooking, you could do what have you. But what we really would love to do is train um, teachers or train club leaders in our model, in our program, give them access to our portal and then they can set their times and their rates to teach math clubs on their own. So it really is creating a digital platform that would allow anyone who is trained to teach our math club. So Angela, I mean, how big does this get? I mean, and how quickly do you get there? So we would love to hit 50,000 registered math club users, students, children, right? There's 35 million elementary children in the country and we think 50,000 is a reasonable target. Well, I think that would certainly make a dent in our uh, our STEM literacy if we could at least get 50,000 kids through Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Give me a sense of scale. Like, how does that stack up against companies like uh, Mathnasium or Kumon? So Mathnasium and Kumon are franchises. They serve somewhere between 500,000 and a million students around the world. So they have franchises all over the world. So in my research, I've been able to kind of hit about half a million kids in the United States are served by Mathnasium and, and Kumon. We're just K to five 
Mathnasium and Kumon are K to 12. And do you envision reaching people who aren't being served by those companies, or are you taking customers away from them? Both. And we have always taken customers away from them. We have parents who find us and say, my children don't want to do any more worksheet-based tutoring, and they found us online and they um, send their children to us. We are a very different model for how we engage with kids in math. So we expect that we would get those customers as well as new ones. Well, if nothing else, it certainly demonstrates that there's certainly a big market for parents and students who are looking to improve their math skills. Absolutely. Okay, so you've used some interesting words here. Um, and one is the scalable one, in which you're looking for a way to be scalable or to scale the business. You're looking potentially for investment to help you scale the business. But I've also heard a bunch of different businesses thrown out of here, <laughs> all of which it sounds like you're just kind of barely in. I mean, so one is you have one where individual parents sign up for their kids. Right. You have another one where school districts or subsets of school districts or schools, let's say, sign up for groups of kids all at once. And then you have a third model, which is you become basically a platform for other teachers to find their own students to teach. Right. Which of those are you thinking you want to scale or which one is demonstrated as the capacity to scale or do you have any idea yet? The last one is the one. So I've been going back to the drawing board a lot and trying to like map out like how much would it cost. And so originally we were like, well, we'll just grow this and hire more teachers, um, club leaders across the country. And when I started doing the math on that, it just didn't make sense. And we were becoming a staffing company, right? We were like, just, we'd have to hire a lot of employees and I could, the margins didn't look pretty. So then I thought, well, maybe this is something we franchise, but instead of a traditional franchise where you buy a geographic you know, location, that maybe you're buying a number of students that you can serve, right? Because you can serve students from anywhere. You know, I was kind of modeling that and I thought, you know what, it seemed just to make more sense that we just make something available where the entry is easy for a, a club leader, someone who wanted to teach the club leader, they could, you know, pay for the kits, pay for the training, you know, get onboarded and then they could go. And so I landed on that last one. So, uh, you know, there's the, also the schools, which can be very lucrative, but I, I don't want to go down that path. And that's simply because it's so hard. <laughs> it is so hard um, to get with schools. And I, and right now, we're benefiting from American Recovery Act monies that have been sent to schools and schools are finding that they, they have to use it or lose it. So I'm like, okay, we'll go after that. But I, as a long-term strategy, I don't think that makes sense. Wow, well, you've done a lot of work in terms of uh, certainly figuring out what doesn't work. And I would agree with you, selling to school districts is brutal. First of all, they have very, very seasonal decision-making patterns. Uh, number two is that the teachers have no money. And so now you're not selling to a teacher, you're selling to a school districts or you're selling to school administration. And that is really, really hard. Or you're trying to sell to parents and you're competing with, uh, with Scholastic and uh, the bake sale. In other words, I, I agree. I'm not saying it's uh, not doable. And certainly for someone like yourself who thinks you invented a better wheel for teaching math, maybe, uh, maybe it's compelling. But I would agree. It's really, really hard. Uh, the other one you mentioned was the franchise one, which it sounds like you've rejected as well. 
And I am, I'm not saying that's wrong per se, but I would agree that you're way, way too early to be thinking about that. In a nutshell, franchising is basically selling someone a complete playbook. Here's exactly how you do it. And you don't know yet how you do it. I mean, you know how to run your own program, but you don't have it all nailed down to when you're entering into a district. Here's how to find the teachers. Here's how to find the students. Here's how to put it all together. So, you know, as opposed to if you buy a McDonald's franchise, you go to Hamburger University for two weeks. You have uh, six binders that sit in the shelf that tell you exactly what corner of the hamburger to insert the spatula under. I mean, it's like detailed. You're not there yet. So that leaves you with this last one model, which you've kind of come up with in the last week or so, which basically is sort of like a, not a franchise, but it's basically saying we're a platform for other people who want to do their own math clubs. Do I have that right? You have that right. And have you done that yet? In terms of um, made it available for teachers to run? No, <laughs> no. We've, you know, we have 22 club leaders now who we are thinking we would kind of focus group them and kind of see if they would be interested in moving to this platform. Actually, it to me, they could make far more money than what we pay them, right? And they can, you know, make their own hours and, and decide how to do that. So our thought is that we would do our group of club leaders first, right, as a, as a test. But we need to create the system. Right now we have a system where parents can come and register. We have a portal where our club leaders go on to access all of our content. We have the kits. We have a fulfillment center that sends those out. We have all of that. But, we did, but to build that, it's building a different platform. And we have not done that. That's what we're, I'd like to uh, talk about the, the idea of getting money to do that, to build that. Yes, nervous. <laughs> For those of you who are listening, uh, the, the, the kit um, uh, that Angela sent me is really cool. Uh, I have no idea how it works because basically I'm no math <laughs> You student, did it but... just right, though. Those are our emotion emojis because, you know, we work with young children as, as young as kindergarten and they... They often will, you know, share how they're feeling using their emotion emojis. So that was perfect. I think these are good. I mean, and my choice, I could have picked angry, but I'm not angry, but I'm not happy either. No. I'm nervous. Okay. And then, I, of course, we have a big thumbs up, thumb down paddle, and I kind of gave her the thumbs down. Um, and on, it's since it's bi it's binary, I kind of would have want, like to do this one, which is kind of the half. Uh, right. Maybe that's better. I, that's that's half full. This one's half empty. Here's the thing is that you are nowhere near ready to raise money. No. You will get yourself in so much trouble if you raise money now. I'm a little nervous, which is why I flashed the card. This kit must have cost you a fortune to put together. So the kit costs $77 and we sell it for $235. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Is the $235 the that's what you, so when someone joins, they pay you some fee to be in the club and they buy the kit? Yes, they buy the kit. And the kit, as you'll see on the kit, it says K to five. Uh, so we have kids who are now, you know, in their second year of doing math club. It's, they can use the same materials. It doesn't change. So the kit works for a kindergartner as well as a fifth grader. And um, so we tell the parents it's a one-time kit fee. We also say to parents that we want them to think of this like piano lessons, right? That if you want your child to be ready for the most rigorous courses in middle school, 
And that that's the messaging that we give that, you know, uh, 60% of fourth graders in this country are not proficient in math. And by the time they get to 12th grade, it's almost 80% of kids. We do a horrible job in this country preparing kids in math. And I believe personally that no matter where you send your child, if you're sending them to a $50,000 a year private school or public school, you have to supplement in math because we haven't figured it out. Elementary schools haven't figured it out. And so that's the messaging we give to parents. Like this isn't a one-time thing. This is something you commit to and we commit as well. I mean, I think it's great. I think that you have one of the rare parts of an entrepreneurial puzzle, which is you have the domain expertise. Mm -hmm. You have lots of experience as a math teacher and a supplemental math teacher. You have lots of experience working with Math Club and learning what pedagogy pedagogic pedagogic what teaching methods that's better what teaching methods um are effective for bringing kids up the level how to keep them engaged and happy i love that so i certainly cannot dismiss you on that you've got this passion and this understanding of i can take a kid and i can move them from being struggling to being excited yes and what an amazing accomplishment and any parent is going to pay hundreds of dollars for that no problem the thing you don't know yet is what the model is for a successful business that does this, or it does so in a scalable manner. Right. I mean, you've got this 380, I'm, I'm going to discount the bulk purchase, the 200 right. seat license, uh, because that's not what you're going to continue with. So you've got 180 kids, who are, do I have the numbers right, about 180 kids? Yes. Yeah, or close to 200, yeah. Yeah. So the real question you're struggling with is, can I duplicate that somewhere else right. by having some other teachers running these clubs? You have to figure out the whole piece of it. In other words, are you just going to tell these club leaders, go figure out how to find your own set of 180 parents, or are you providing that? So we would provide that, and we've spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. And, you know, we, we started first with a parent referral program, and we realized, you know, that actually didn't work, at least for our parent demographic, because we were giving, like, a free week for every person you refer, and parents were like, I don't need that week. You know, the parents who pay for Math Club didn't need it and weren't interested. So, you know, we would do these Zoom town halls, and we had a really high conversion rate. Once we had a parent, we had parents come to our town halls, and we would share what we would do. We had one that had 30 parents, and we had 24 registrations. By the end, and then we now do this try before you buy. We did two things. We did try before you buy, and we also did a money back guarantee. You can send the kit back if you're not happy. I got to back you up here. I'm confused. So you have you, you have these 180 kids from 18 different states, yeah. right? So if someone starts another club, are they now competing with you? And if someone starts the third club, are they competing with the other club and you? Is there a geographic license that you get, or is everyone just fighting for customers with each other? No. So it would be the entire United States, right? So yeah, that we don't have regional clubs. So we have four children in a club. We could have a kid from Maine, a kid from Florida, a kid from oh. Philly, and a kid from Kansas, right? So you you build the club using your own acquisition methods, and then you find someone else to teach it, but they're not an employee. They're, that's what I'm confused about. Not, I'm not sure how important it is to understand this. So we have the whole, you know, like you said, with a franchise, like this is how you do it. Yeah. We have the this is how you do it. We have for everything. 
We have over a thousand activities on our portal with very specific instructions on how to do it. We have an onboarding process where we train club leaders on how you run a club. It's very turnkey and kind of plug and play. So teachers, club leaders don't have to kind of come up with their own stuff. We have it all. And, and, and have you onboarded new club leaders using this model yet? We have, and we have started onboarding leaders almost, um, we're doing it almost weekly because you know we're getting registration. So we have, and we, we've done this with the intention of you know, putting systems in place that allow us to scale. So we, we have all of that. We have the content, we have the curriculum, we have the training piece. We do back, you know, we have just the step-by-step -step when people come on, we even figured out that Craigslist is the best way to find our club leaders, <laughs> you know? So we have that. So, so he, here's, the, here's the piece about the scaling piece. I love what, the, what you've done so far, but once you start getting investors involved, okay, they, I hate to break it to you, but they don't really care that much about the curriculum, right. about the content. Right. It's almost entirely a numerical analysis. Right. I mean, they'll want to understand the space to get a sense of how big this could be or how quickly it could grow and those sort of things. But fundamentally, the things that you're delivering to them are very, very basic economics of you where you basically say here is what it costs and how long it takes for us to build a club here's how much it costs and how long it takes us to find a person to be the club leader here's how much the person pays while they're in the club here's how long they stay in the club on average and if all that math works and you have demonstrated that you have been doing that consistently for some period and that the numbers are not getting diminishing returns, but are in fact generating increasing returns. Now, those are each successive month, your customer acquisition cost is going down, your cost of finding new club leaders is going down, your margins are going up, et cetera. If that's all happening month over month, then you're right. You're in a great place to say raising money. Because the, the point is, what you want to present to these people is basically this machine where you say, here is the machine. We've now worked on this for three years and we figured out how to put a dollar bill on the top and we turn the crank and a dollar 75 comes out the bottom. And it worked. We did, we did that for like three months. It was amazing. So we begin putting $10 bills in and then $17.50, $20 came pouring out the bottom. So we began putting $100 bills in and $300, et cetera, whatever the number, it came to the math. There you go, math problem. <laughs> and what you would then want to say to them is, we've proven that when you put money in this and turn the crank, more money comes out than we put in. Now I'm just looking for you to more money to put into the crank or to build three more machines that do this. But if you don't have that machine built, if you don't have the evidence that this machine consistently, when you turn the crank, generates those returns, you're going to always be doing a lot of hand-waving a lot of imagine, a lot of just think about the kids, just right. think about well, how many people there are. And that's going to, they're, they're all going to go, oh, God bless you, Angela, you are doing God's work. And then we'll come up with some clever, uh, we're not investing in that category. Or come back to us in a couple of years. Okay. Are you ready to say, I understand completely what it takes to turn the crank that if we put if i put a million dollars in i'm going to turn the crank and two million uh, ten million dollars is going to come out i think i'm really close to that you know we've we've looked at um 
what our customer retention rate is, like what the long-term value of a customer is now that we move to this online portal. You know, before kids stayed in Math Club an average of three years, right? Parents would put them in in like second grade. They would stay until they aged out, which is at fifth grade. And um, we've not been long enough, in, but we, we're starting to get those numbers. 70% of our students who started in September of 21 are still with our program as long as they didn't graduate out. We had a number of fifth graders who graduated out and we're seeing that we're able to get those retention numbers. So I think that's a big thing because you know that's the long-term value of the customer is big. If we build this separate platform, you know, as opposed to the way that we have been onboarding and recruiting teachers, does that work? We haven't done that yet. And I hear what you're saying in terms of um, we need to go back and do some of that testing beforehand. But yeah, the struggle is, you know, to build the platform, we need money to get the, you know, the information. And so I, I'm just trying to figure out where, and I really do want to get as far as possible without having to ask for any investment. If you take that attitude, that is exactly the right one, which is you do not want to ask for money. I promise you want to get as far as you can without, because once you ask for money, you are in all kinds of debt. Yeah. And I don't mean economic debt, although that's true sometimes too. I mean, now you have a responsibility to that person to make this happen. And if you're not ready for that, it really has lots of unintended consequences. So what I want you to think about is the is reverse engineer the way a investor, and this is any investor, it could be friends and family, it could be a professional investor or anything in between, the way that they're gonna think about it. You need to have a very, very clear idea of what it is that this next piece of money you're asking for is going to prove out. Okay. And the clever way to structure it is to make sure you have each of those steps very discreet. So to use a quick example of a classic software company, a brilliant engineer might go, I've got this really cool idea that maybe I could do code which does this. And when you go to the, to the investor and, and you go, here's my idea, I have no idea, it's gonna take me about a year to write the code and see if it works. Well, it's very clear what the bet is. Maybe he can make it work. Maybe he can't make it work. But that's what this investment's going to be. And then a year later, he goes, look at this. Cool. It does what it's supposed to do. Now I need some money because I need to productize it and take it to market. Well, now the bet is, is anyone going to want to buy it? That's very clear too. So then the money, that investment happens that round. And now lo and behold, some customers buy it. And then you go, wow, okay, what's the next bet? Now we need to scale this sales force. And the investor goes, well, I know the bet now is, I know we can sell it to one or two companies, but can you really sell it to hundreds? Or, wow, made it work in San Francisco. Can you make it work nationwide? In other words, each time, and this goes on forever. I mean, always each step up is knowing clearly what you're trying to prove. And what you don't want to do is jump stages. Right. So if you say to yourself, the next thing you have to prove is that this portal concept actually works. Right. Now you have some evidence, you know that educationally this works. You know that when people get into it, they stick around. You know how to teach it. You've learned a lot of things. So if I was investing in you a year and a half ago, I'm going, I don't really think this is gonna work. I don't think kids will stick around or get any value out of it. You would now say, okay, Mark, we've proven that's correct. Next phase is, can I scale this? And so now I'm going, 
Ah, oh, God, I got a lot of questions about whether Angela can actually pull this off, whether she can really recruit people from outside and scale up her ability to build clubs way beyond her hand-holding it and talking to parents. That's the bet. Right. And so what you need to do when you go back with your little calculator or your slide rule and start saying, what you want to do if, is the first thing go, can I figure that out without raising any money? Can I cobble it together on my own? That's the best. If not, you pick the minimum amount of money that you need just to prove that piece of it and then raise that as simply as you can. Then you go, okay, I've got it working. And look at this. I, I've figured out you can do this and I've found five or six other teachers and we have the portal going and these dynamics look great. Now you begin packaging that up and say, I'm ready for the next scale. In other words, in each, each time you're doing the step up and you're not ready for a big step up yet, you still have a big piece to prove, right. which is you can move beyond the model where you have it pretty much being done by hand through sheer force of will and begin to set, build a system that says, I think this thing can run. We can teach other people to do it themselves, how to find the customers, how to teach, how to do the... But what I want you to do is say, the next step is I got to prove that I'm right. Okay. And if you can prove it without money, all power to you. If you need to raise money, make sure it's very, very clear to people what the gamble is and price this in a way that they recognize, here's the risk. If we get it right, wow, this could be very valuable, but we may not. And that's the nature of uh, investing. That is very, really helpful. We're banking on in terms of finding club leaders, the the numbers of teachers who, because of the pandemic, whatever, are just leaving the profession. And we are like, no, come over to us. You can continue teaching, but make your own schedule and set your own rates. And I, I think there's a, a, you know, we're really ripe for that. The, the, the context that we're in now really kind of positions us well for that. And we have to, we have to figure out if that is actually true. What you just said, if, if we had written that down, which is that I think the time is right for us really to make this difference. And that's fantastic. That's exactly where you are now. And what I want is in six months from now for you to be saying to me, the data now shows that we are. I will do that. That's the difference. Six months from now. Which is, or whatever it takes. <laughs> but you want to convert it from, this is the nature of the pitch. The engine, engineer goes in, I think it's possible to write some code which does this amazing thing. And then six months later, he comes back, goes, the data shows that this code does this amazing thing. Now, I think we can create a product which will appeal to this customer. And then six months later, he goes, the data has shown that customers love this. Now, I think we can build a sales force out. And then six months later, the data shows how fast we're growing and being adept. It's always that the, the pitch is, the data shows, which is how much my traction is so far, and what I think is going to happen, and what the bet is, you, Mr. Investor, on coming in with me. So you're at a really good inflection point. So think to yourself what it would take to gather that evidence. And if you can gather that evidence that this thing actually does work without raising money, way, way ahead of the game. And then you're in a great spot because then you put together your presentation. You've proven that you've built the machine that if you, Mr. Investor or, or Mrs. Investor, put in a million dollars and we turn the crank, it's going to be worth $10 million. Or actually, what they're, you know, usually it's a 3x each time, rough rule of thumb, but you get the idea. I, I do. That's really helpful. And you've 
Yeah, I'm going to go back to the drawing board and try to get further along the path before asking for money. Well, we can talk again on October 11th. Oh, and that, what day of the week is that? The 11th, October 11th? <laughs> Angela, okay, Angela, that, there's a lot of math involved, and so I'm not even <laughs> I'm rusty. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> but anyway, Angela, no, I'm serious. I do at some point want you to come back and fill me in on, on how things have gone, because right now the business looks like this. <laughs> And for those of you listening at home and not being able to see this, I'm holding up this really cool card with five multicolored question marks on it. And what we're hoping is that when we come back, we can flip over one of these cards and see that underneath it, Angela gets an A. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm on it. I have my marching orders. Really impressive. So thanks again for joining Thank me. You. And uh, I really am looking forward to hearing how things come out. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. Thank you so much for having me. It is always great to hear from someone who is running into a dead end, pivoted, and found a way to find success. And I really hope Angela can put my advice into action for her next steps. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe so you don't miss a single weekly episode. If you've got a business problem you're struggling with and would like to join me on the show, simply come to markrandolph.com forward slash guest to apply. And while you're there, add yourself to my mailing list so you're up to date on all my news and entrepreneurial tips. And finally, if a 30-minute podcast is just too much, I share all my hints and tips in more easily digestible nuggets on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and yes, even TikTok. You'll find links to all this stuff, plus my blogs and other writing on markrandolph.com. Check it out. Thanks again for listening, and see you all next week.